Hello and welcome to Game & Watch, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. It's a me, Aaron. <laughs> it's a me, James. And today for our Can You Believe It 100th episode, we are talking about a game that I think we can agree is very special to both of us. Oh, absolutely. We are talking about Super Mario 64, the 1996 platformer developed and released by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64, uh, a modern masterpiece, if ever there were one. It really is. And with, uh, if you are listening to our tone, um, it's because we're excited about 100 episodes. And, and I'm, what I'm going to distinguish that from is I don't think this is one of the best capes ever. <laughs> You know, like we're talking no. about it, like we like we couldn't wait to do it. it's like our favorite game of all time. And I just want to already I want to already throw a wrench into that and say there are better Mario games. <laughs> there are. But I mean, I and we'll, we'll talk about our histories with the game. I think this game hit us at a time in our lives that is probably special versus someone picking it up like today absolutely this game is fantastic i just i wanted to uh take the wind out of our sails for for a bit um give uh some of that trademark game and watch um cynicism <laughs> you know i thought we'd turn over a new leaf on episode 100 and no just be optimist the whole time still as cynical as ever okay. no I, this is just a it's an incredible game and i had uh an absolute joy uh replaying it as did i as but did I. Before we do that, we want to thank everyone who has listened to this podcast. Even once. If you only listen once, you get our thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you, but we, well, actually, we would have done it without we, you. We would have anyway, and nothing would have stopped us. I think if we literally never had any listeners other than just you and me, we would still have reached 100 episodes. The only reason I'm recording this podcast is so that there's something to play on loop during my wake. <laughs> Am I there? Do you outlive me in this situation? You're there. Yeah. No, okay. I, I'll, you'll definitely outlive me. Don't worry about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I won't worry. I wasn't worried. And, and I continue. I will continue not to worry. Um, we'd also like to that you might have heard a different intro song or at least a little remix of our intro song that beautiful piece was written by my brother dave so thank you dave for yes. doing that thank you dave it's funny i reached out to him like i it was like hey you know our 100th episode is coming up what are the chances you could remix our opening and which he wrote in the first place and he was like as luck would have it i already was thinking about doing that and he, I don't think he knew we were coming up on 100 episodes. He was just kind of thinking about redoing it. And so the timing worked out great. Thank you, Dave, for turning it around so quickly. And yeah, uh, it's incredible. It's um, yeah, it's a it's a banger. So thank you so much, Dave. Yeah. Um, but now as we're jumping into it, uh, should we talk about our history with Super Mario 64? Absolutely. After you. Um, OK, so uh, this was a launch title for the Nintendo 64. Uh, my family was eagerly anticipating getting a Nintendo 64, but we were unable to secure a pre-order for one. And this was back in the day when you would go to Toys R Us, which was still a thing, and Best Buy, and Target, and Venture, when Venture existed. Oh, man. Right? And uh, all these stores. And this was huge. The hype for Nintendo 64 was wild. My parents couldn't find a pre-order anywhere. 
So instead, we did the next best thing, which was go to Blockbuster and rent a Nintendo 64 console, which you also used to be able to do. So we rented the Nintendo 64 with Super Mario 64 for a week. And I was like enchanted by it. It blew my mind. Uh, I was not a Super Nintendo kid, so I didn't have a lot of experience with Super Mario World, um, although I was a huge Mario fan from the NES days. So the transition from essentially NES Mario to Mario 64 was astonishing to, you know, young me. I didn't get to play much during that first week that we rented the console uh, because of my older brothers are jerks and they wanted to play it more. <laughs> so I wound up watching most of the time. Uh, but again, I became obsessed. And uh, shortly after, I think maybe it was like Christmas that year or some other time we actually got the console and the one game we kind of all agreed that we wanted was Super Mario 64. Uh, that and Ocarina of Time, which I, we already heard that story about my brother at Christmas in yeah. that episode. Oh, yeah. um, but those were like the two big games that I had for Nintendo 64 for quite a while. And Super Mario 64, I would just spend time in. I would just tool around the castle and explore the levels. And not even to collect stars, just to enjoy the music in Dire Dire Docks or to just fly around with the wing cap and have fun, um, do things like that. And I just spent hours and hours and hours in this game as a kid, and it brought back tons of fond memories for me replaying it for this episode. Yeah, I um, didn't have a Nintendo 64 at launch. Uh, I didn't have a Nintendo 64 for a while. My uh, Not to go on down this road, my parents did not want to get us one. <laughs> um, wow. And so the majority of playing I did was when we rented it. We rented it at this local video store off Joliet Road called Video 66. Um, and Because it was on Route 66. Yeah. And um, we, let's see, I would play it at friends' houses all the time. And I remember my best friend at the time, I would go to his house. That was the first time I think I ever played the game. If it wasn't like at Target or something, it was at his house. And I was blown away. I mean, I was familiar with Mario, Super Nintendo you know, Game Boy, all of that. And just holy cow, like I'm going to be talking a lot during this episode about how like reminiscing about my experience playing certain stars, certain levels, certain reacting to the controls in a certain way, because I mean, replaying it for this episode, it's I mean, it's not an easy game, but it's so much easier than back in the day when I was worse at video games and also the transit. 3D, like the transition to 3D was difficult for me. <laughs> I think for yeah. most people. It, this is the game, and we've talked about it before off air, um, but this is the game that taught me and probably you and probably a lot of people how to navigate 3D spaces in video games. This wasn't yeah. the first 3D game, obviously, but I think this was probably the most like broadly successful and again, probably taught the most amount of people how to navigate 3D spaces. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo blazed the trail for 3D platforming. But in yes. doing so, they helped other people come in and do it better in the Nintendo 64 era. And I'm mainly referring to Banjo-Kazooie. It was actually really uh, glaringly obvious to me, not that it wasn't before, uh, how much of a like how much tighter Banjo Kazooie plays. Like it is so precise. It's so much more detailed. I mean, it's a game. It's a game that came out two years later. So, you know, a lot of advancements could be were made in that time. And but like no, none of those games could exist without Mario 64. 
No, of course not. There would be no Croc Legend of the Gobos without Super Mario 64. That game has more detail (laughs) (laughs) and actually probably plays a little bit tighter, too. I mean, one of those. Stop it. No, I mean, well, okay, (laughs) All right. Never. By that, I mean, like there is a we'll talk about this in more detail, but there is a lot of fluidity in Mario's movement. But there's also a lot of jankiness, too. Like the, the, the free movement that you get in this game can work. It is like a bigger antagonist to you than the actual antagonists in the game. Like you are your own, like mastery of platforming of 3d platforming is the toughest challenge in this game. And that's like, if you're rolling your eyes thinking like, Oh, that's just saying like beating the game is the way to beat the game. (laughs) It's like, you know what I mean? Like enemies are really not the threat in this game. No the platforming challenges. I mean, almost every level has like, a pit that you can die in and die and die again. I did back in the day. I mean, even I, sometimes a little bit today, but like, holy cow, did I die so many times in this game? Like there were, there were stars that are so easy now where I remember it just, I, one of the things about the history with my, with this game is like this game transports me more than a lot of other video games do to, to where I was and how I felt at the time, even just like, almost kind of like pointless stars in this game that are really kind of like non-issue. Like they're really like they're underwhelming. Just transported me back to a time and a place where I was sitting in my friend's basement playing this game and just unable to figure out where a star was or how to get it once I knew where it was. Like, and I'm going to be talking a lot about that throughout this episode. Same this. um, yeah, this game brought me back um, very figuratively to my childhood in many ways. Yeah, and and I would say that my fondness for this game has never died, probably grown in kind of in view of other Mario games that have come out. I do not think it is the best Mario game, but I would put it in that top tier. Yeah, and I mean, should we get to that? Do we want to talk about kind of our rankings? What do you sure. think? Yeah, sure. And, and I, don't, I didn't prepare like an actual ranking for this episode. But I I would say it could be in my top three. And if it's in my top three, it's probably third. In terms of all Mario games or 3D Mario games? Um, Kind of all of them. I think all of them. I love Super Mario World and and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. I think I prefer 3D Mario. But it kind of has to be in the right mood. That's why I wasn't really sure if I would put it at third, because third could be, depending on the day, Mario World or Mario World 2. I see. But above it, I would definitely put Super Mario Galaxy 2. 100%. I still think is the best Mario game, period. Yes. Um. After that, I, I kind of don't know. <laughs> um, but I just feel like there's a game that deserves that spot on my list more than Mario 64 does. And you would not say Sunshine does. I it's I might. It's that's it, one of those things like it could be Sunshine or Odyssey depending on the day. Like my top 4 my top, like my numbers 2 through 4, 2 through 5 could like really rotate around a lot. I'd, I'd hesitate. I wouldn't. I would not put Mario sixty four in my top two Mario games, though. No. How about you? Yeah, I wouldn't put it in my top two. I would put it in like probably top five. Um, I think. I think Galaxy one and two are S tier. Um, I think Odyssey deserves a spot on the list, even though it's not my favorite. But just the sheer variety and ingenuity of that game um, deserves a spot. 
Um, yeah. And then probably it would come in at like number five, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Like after it, sunshine then. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, well, actually yeah. it, it could kind of flip flop with sunshine for me just because sunshine suffers from like the growing pains of the generation it was on the GameCube mm-hmm. of like making things a little too big and barren in spaces. Um, so like the length between areas versus Mario 64, which is very small and compact and tight, mm. um, like 64, you can just like blaze through stars and blaze through levels yeah. and swap back and forth where that's a bit of a more laborious process in sunshine. So actually yeah. at this moment in time, I'll put 64 over sunshine. Sunshine's my- levels are populated with more things though, even though there's more time spent between shines. I think the thing that Mario 64 has that Sunshine doesn't, that I wish Sunshine had, was larger variation in levels. Well, more levels to begin with. And then some more variation within that. I kind of love what Mario 64 does with its kind of like bespoke areas. Like it's the way it approaches level design. That said... And I'm, I'm not trying to be controversial or anything, but the thought entered my mind. I'm not saying I completely think this, but I think the levels in Mario 64 are all or mostly good, but possibly none of them are truly great in view of like other 3D platformers that I have played. Um, yeah, I would agree with that statement. I would say, though, that Bob on Battlefield is a truly great tutorial area. Oh, yes. yes. I will say that. Like, it's it, that's one of the better ones that exist. Yes. But but I agree with your statement about them overall. Which is, it was funny to think about because I do think this game is a great game. But the levels aren't, I don't know. They're just like... I have such a fun time playing it, but I just there wasn't really a single level that I felt like this is a masterpiece of a level. You know, for me, oftentimes the parts of levels that would really shine um, would, you know, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. Like I would be battling with the camera and be like, oh, this would be really cool if I had free control of the camera, but I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, Mainly that like that was mainly kind of what held this back for me, the, the camera issues. Um, but I agree with you. There were no levels. I, I will say playing through it this time, there were levels I appreciated more, but also levels that I appreciated less that I thought I would enjoy to the degree that I did when I was younger. Gotcha. But now looking back on it with adult eyes and kind of more seasoned gamer eyes, um, some levels I'm like, ah, this probably wasn't as well designed as it could have been. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get to it. We will definitely get to that because I've got a lot of notes. I mean, a lot of my notes are negative, um, but that's why I'm trying. I want to like throw a lot of like glowing praise up front in case I don't do it as much later. I mean, I, pr- I probably will do it later too. But like, I I do. I love this game. I love it. Um, it's just interesting. It's it's interesting to continue to play it as an adult, and I and I'm always kind of feeling like I could replay it. Not like constantly, but like I could probably replay this game every year or two. And yeah, I um... never get bored of it. I have. I mean, I've played it probably, oh my gosh, over 20 times by this point, I'd have to imagine. Yeah, it had been at least probably five years since I had last replayed it. And replaying it this time, it was so delightful. I kind of came to the same realization, like, yeah, I could probably do this every year, every other year. Yeah. Like, I think definitely Sunshine is a once every five years for me. 
um galaxy galaxy 2 once a year but this is yeah every other year i can do it where does this rank for you in terms of and you don't have to actually give a like a official ranking but like is this in your top you know three or five platformers ever no okay i would i would agree with that yeah i mean it's like i would say nostalgically you know of course yeah it's gonna be one of the top platformers in my brain ever um but that's purely nostalgia based it's not you know based on critical yeah uh, observation i i think that banjo kazooie is probably the greatest 3d platformer ever and possibly my and probably my favorite platformer period that's I, shocking I, to me i changed my are you being sarcastic yes of course okay. because <laughs> any conversation about 3d platformers if it doesn't end in banjo kazooie with you I, I don't know who i'm talking well yeah and i guess I, I do need to specify 3d because i would say that's my favorite 3d platformer donkey kong country 2 is my favorite platformer yes yeah so but those are like the just you can't do better i think um and i don't think there are really a lot of people who would debate me that banjo kazooie isn't like objectively well better made than this game and i don't just i don't just mean graphically i mean the way it controls and things like that i mean it, it very obviously improved on this and, and i'm not i'm not trying to compare them it's almost unfair to compare them in that way but there are people who just prefer this game um and that's fine you can be wrong yeah and I mean, that could very much just be a branding thing, right? You prefer yeah. Nintendo versus uh, Rare or whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. thankfully, it was all on the same console. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, should we? How did we get go here? On. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the early 1990s, uh, this guy named Shigeru Miyamoto, I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, but he created Mario. Uh, and he conceived a 3D Mario design while he was developing the game Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. Makes sense. Um, yeah, he used the Super FX graphics chip, which added more processing power and made the ships kind of, you know, Dorito, chippy, PlayStation 1-y kind of. Um, he considered using the chip to develop a Super NES game, Super Mario FX, and the gameplay would be based on an entire world in miniature, like miniature trains. Hmm. Uh, the other thing I've seen cited as uh, inspiring Miyamoto was seeing his pet hamster play around his apartment. Huh. And just the scale of the hamster to everything else. That's cool. Which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. So Miyamoto reformulated the idea for this Mario game for the Nintendo 64, but not because the Nintendo 64 had more power, but because the controller had more buttons for gameplay. Which I think is interesting because this game uses like four buttons. Uh, and then I guess the cameras. It uses every single button except the control pad. But a lot of games didn't use the control pad. Uh, and the L button. Every other button's used. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, how often do you use R, though? Um, I don't really ever switch camera mode. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. Um, but production of the game began in 1994, um, and it concluded in 1996. The team consisted of only 15 to 20 people, which is kind of insane. Yeah. Also insane, I didn't realize this, this was the quickest development time of any Mario game in the series up till that point. Um, I guess if you think about the the amount of time between the games, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Because, yeah, Super Mario World 2, I mean, not that every team, I, I guess, all right, sorry, not that it's always the same team working on all of them, but I don't know. I, it, I guess I guess it is surprising 
Yeah, I mean, in the in this is the most advanced one up to that point, and it was yeah. developed in the quickest amount of time. It was like a big leap, and yeah, they they churned it out quickly. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, to the point where two programmers quit the industry forever, left game design <laughs> because of how burned out they were. Um, the original concept, and tell me what you think about this. The original concept involved the fixed path of an isometric game like Super Mario RPG, which you are currently playing, <laughs> uh, which moved to the free roaming 3D design we know. Imagine would... this game as an isometric. No, game. absolutely not. No. Like how could how would you even do it? You could. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, it'd probably be super boring. Yeah, probably. Um, one of the designers recalled that the challenge was animating 3D models without any precedence, right? This is yeah. literally the first time they were creating Mario models in 3D. They had no like point of reference. So yeah. they were kind of making it up as they went. It, it made me wonder. I, I, I always forget the timing of like PlayStation. Like PlayStation came out before Nintendo 64. It, I think it had 3D games, but I don't know if anything looked anything like this still. No, I think it was still very like Dorito chippy. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah. I mean, the PC had 3D games too, and it was probably also very much like that. Like Rise of the Robots. What's Rise of the Robots? Um, didn't we talk about that during our drafts? It's probably. a really, really terribly received, uh, oh. like 1994 oh, or yeah. whatever draft. Yeah, yeah PC yeah. fighting game. It was okay, great. Um, that was Rise of the Robots. Uh, <laughs> the music was composed by Koji Kondo. Um, and who has done all the Mario soundtracks? Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably most of them. Um, to assist players with depth perception, the team positioned a faux shadow beneath each object, regardless of the area's lighting. Hmm. They described the feature as an ironclad necessity, which might not be realistic, but it's much easier to play. And I did notice that more playing this time, like having to use shadows to control like where you were going. Oh yeah. Um, I can't imagine the game without it or using realistic shadows that would make things so much more confusing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miyamoto's guiding design philosophy was to include more details than earlier games by using the Nintendo 64's power to feature, quote, all the emotions of the characters. Um, does Mario have a single emotion other than happy? Not really. No, I mean, if you leave the if you leave the controller alone, he'll like go to sleep. And I guess that's I don't know. He's, there's he's no like tired. There's know. no enraged Mario. No, 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 no. I don't know if Mario really ever gets mad. Um, he likened the game style to a 3D interactive cartoon, which very yeah. fair um, yeah. and kind of plays into the fact that you get to play around with Mario's face in the opening. And he's yeah. very cartoon like yeah. that. Actually, uh, trivia tidbit was the opening for a Super Mario paint uh, game that only ever came out in Japan. Um, but they also threw it in Mario 64. Yeah, uh, they had up to 40 stages planned. Um, there are not 40 stages in this game. That's wow. Can you can you imagine? I wish there were. I wish the game was um, twice as long. Well, it's funny you say that because there was going to be a sequel. Uh, it never saw the light of day, even though there was apparently a prototype. Mm -hmm. um, but from what I've heard, pretty much all of the other stages and or like plans they had got recycled into other parts. I mean, I remember how painful it was waiting every year and like reading Nintendo power and being like, where is the next 3d Mario game? Well, especially after Majora's mask came out. Cause it's like, well, they're pumping out another Zelda and there's yeah. another super Mario game. Yeah. We got Gex 64 before we got another Mario game. 
what a blessing it was a blessing <laughs> we should have done gags for our 100th episode oh that's episode 200 <laughs> oh please sooner um tell us how this was received well really well uh yeah it's, it's kind of still considered one of the greatest games ever made i wouldn't say that but at the time it was definitely said do you uh, think top 100 oh yeah okay absolutely okay. Yeah, um it was, it was the best-selling nintendo 64 game especially if you think about legacy and impact as a as a criteria true um, yeah absolutely it was remade for it kind of in the form of super mario 64 ds for in 2004 if it were not for the controls which are abysmal mario 64 ds i think is a better game than this there are there are more stars there's more secrets they revamp stuff they kind of lose a couple like boring stars they add some new stuff you can play as yoshi as luigi as wario i i it's like the full package if it weren't for the damn awful touch controls the touch controls are abysmal um i I did have this game. I played quite a bit of it. Um, I, I like some of the changes they make, but I can't, as you mentioned, can't get over the controls. I also really can't get over the graphics, like how demade it was to get it to run on the DS. Hmm. I think this would have worked on the 3DS, especially the new 3DS that has the camera. Yeah, now. I mean, I, I think it's still they did like it's a little blurrier, but there's yeah. more detail. Like they, they really did a lot of like interesting things. I, I don't know. I, I really, really like that game. Um, I would I would like it more if it had. I, I, I tried replaying it recently. It just couldn't get through it. The the controls are just so bad. Yeah. Um, and then for the Mario's 35th anniversary, it was released as part of the, part of the Super Mario 3D All-Stars collection 2020 um, at, at 720p resolution and some touched up textures. Um, oh. I... For this, I replayed it on the Nintendo 64 Virtual Console, and I used my, uh, or well, not Virtual Console, you know what I mean, Nintendo Switch yeah. Online, and I used my wireless Nintendo 64 controller to, to give myself as full of the experience as possible. I also tried very hard to not use save states at all. Um, there were like, I can't remember exactly which ones because um, I was ashamed. So I put them out of my mind. But there were a couple instances where I was so annoyed at dying trying to get 100 coins, like stupid deaths that I that I used save states. Um, does that does the 64 online also have rewind or just save? States? Nope, just save states. OK, interesting. Yep. I played the uh, 3D All Stars version um, and my play experience was both um, trying to tutor Edgar into playing the game with me, um, which was not super successful. <laughs> um, but also a change is that I played a lot of this handheld, um, which I have not done before. Um, nice. So that was kind of an interesting experience. I, I played it handheld when the 3D All Stars came out. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was fun. Yeah. Um, tell us about Mario's moveset in this game, because uh, we talked about it a little bit before how um, we're not, you know, totally sold on Mario in this game. But I think once you get like a flow state with his jumps and moves, you can kind of chain together some really impressive uh, feats. of Yeah. And, platforming. and what and I love that Nintendo is not ever shied away from that. I mean, real well, Mario Galaxy is much more restrictive and I and I don't think that's a bad thing. But like this Sunshine and Mario Odyssey, man, you are you are given so many moves to do a lot and that you can chain together and do really like awesome fluid things like it. You could kind of I don't want to say abuse like the mechanics of the game to try to like 
to, to shortcuts and stuff. I feel like they probably had that all in mind, right? Yeah, like it's they not have like they, that people were breaking the game. Um, well, actually, so it's funny you say that because again, little trivia fact: they spent I think like six or nine months just controlling Mario's move set in like a blank space just to yeah. get a feel for how he moved. So you have to assume then that every level was built from the ground up for his movement set. So like everything's intentional. I don't yeah. think there's like a cheese moment in this game. I mean, maybe no. there are a couple, but I think for the most part, like they intended for a lot of this stuff to be done. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so your controls, the basics are you can jump, you can swim, you can kind of swim slowly, you can swim faster, you can punch, dive, grab, throw, crouch. Um, some of those things are kind of like almost never used like crouching. Um, well, I guess you crouch to like do a backflip, but like in terms of like crouching, you can crawl. Like the crawling is what I was really thinking of, but we'll get more on that in a second. Um, you can uh, talk, toggle the camera mode there. The C stick is used for moving the camera, zooming in and out, entering first person mode and rotating the camera. When you rotate the camera, it moves in like spurts. You cannot position it exactly where you want it to. And the camera in this game will move in like a particular way by default, which can be a royal pain. It's absolutely horrific in indoor spaces or anything approximating an indoor space. Yes, yes. That is a major area where they just couldn't nail it, which is, you know, it's fine. Um, This is like the first attempt at trying to do 3D platforming. And there are a lot of people and including like, podcast some podcast hosts that we listen to who hate 3d platforming mainly because of the camera and i kind of can't blame them i I love it like i I don't i can't relate at all but i would never tell them that they're objectively wrong no and especially if this was the first 3d game you picked up and that was just something you couldn't get over i would get it yep i i it's, it's something that i have no problem dealing with the the frustrations uh, ever i i really i have no issue with it uh well it never I mean, made me want to have an issue but like it's never made me want to put down the game no it never wanted to make me like throw my switch but i will say it definitely got annoying at parts yeah so on the advanced move front uh you can double jump and triple jump you can now the triple jump is just iconic at this point um you can long jump you can wall kick um jumping at a wall kicking off it and then launching yourself in the other direction that has kind of made its way into basically every Mario game since um, you can surf on a Koopa shell. There are not many Koopas in this game. Um, no, no, there are not. I was thinking about that. I mean, I was also just thinking there's not a lot of enemies, period. I mentioned a little bit earlier, like the kind of like the world is your enemy, not the enemies, <laughs> you know? Well, again, that's being charitable. The camera is your enemy. Well, I mean, um, but like the obstacles, I mean, a lot of it is just like, like platforming challenges. I mean, even when yes. the camera is lined up in the way you want it to, some platforming challenges are still difficult. Well, and some of the enemies kind of blend platforming into them, like those um, kind of spinning flower enemies yeah. that like those are those are kind of an interesting blend of enemy and True. environmental modifier. But I guess I mean, like, if you think about the enemy, how often, how frequently you see enemies in Mario, other Mario games, like there's hardly any prana plants. There's hardly any Goombas in this game. Yeah, they're, they're made to feel like a much bigger deal when they do show up. Yeah. Um, let's see, sideways somersault, backward somersault, ground pound. Um, there's like a punch, punch, kick combo. Uh, the crawls I mentioned. You, there's a sweep kick, which I've never used. Um, so, it probably took me like 
a decade to find to figure out that that was a move. Uh, the reason that exists, I found out, was because it was going to uh, like defeat certain enemies that were never programmed into the game, but it remained in his move set. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you can climb poles, jump off them. Maybe I forgot something, but either way, that's most of them. And I wanted to just briefly mention how we talked about like the crazy shit you can do in this game by by chaining together moves and doing shortcuts. Speedrunners love this game, and this is one of the most fun games to watch speedruns of. Yeah, um, I'm not a speedrun person, but I've watched speedruns of this game, both glitch and non-glitch, um, and yeah. it's it's impressive. We should do a speedrunning episode and have guests speak who know more about speedrunning than we do. I think my brother Tom and Jason um, would both be really good for guests for an episode like that. They, yeah, they, I they, love... they have a love for speedrunning that I don't. Um, I find speedrunning really fun but i don't like seek them out i would love for them to um and we yeah that would be a great episode but i bet they could curate a really tight list of like the top three speed runs you need to watch that would be that would be great we should we should do that we should definitely do that all right mental note um the life (laughs) system in this game is like uh i don't know these little this like little circle and like you're like a pipe like a pie pie. yeah yeah you you know depending on like how far you fall or like what enemies attacking you you might lose more health um than in other circumstances um we we should mention though that um this is a change from every other mario game that came before it where you know pretty simply big mario gets hit he becomes little mario you get hit again you die imagine that in this game right like in this game you get kind of 10 pie pieces but you know, I think they had to do away with the old system because you would just die constantly. Oh, if yeah. Only one thing hitting you killed you. Yeah. And there's no regular mushrooms either. No fire flower, things like nope. that. that. That stuff's gone. Um, pickups, you can get coins. Red coins are worth five. Blue coins are worth ten. Wait, no. Red coins are worth two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Red coins are worth two. Blue coins are worth five. And one up mushrooms. And let's see what else. Uh, metal cap um, turns Mario into metal. Um let some sink into water, um, resist like currents, uh, invisible Mario cap, vanish um, cap, vanish cap, and the wing cap, which lets Mario fly. That is a whole nother beast of controlling. Man, oh man, did I struggle as a kid uh, and sometimes as an adult controlling Mario when he's flying. Should we camp on the the caps and the kind of the powers of this game for a moment? D- are we not doing that already? <laughs> I guess we are. Let's yeah. continue to do that. <laughs> um, in that, I feel like these, I, I kind of forgot how situational they are oh, until so playing it again. Yeah. Um, I just have such strong nostalgic memories of these caps, and I thought they were so cool as a kid, especially Wing Mario. Yeah. As an adult, Wing Mario fucking sucks. Any <laughs> challenge that you have to use Wing Mario to get it like a star, I hate it. Like, I think <laughs> flying is cool, and I love the music, and I love the kind of the mechanics of it. But boy, am I bad at it. It is really, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, Metal Mario. Yeah. Cool. Like, especially at that time, the metal skin on him really, like, I I enjoyed as a kid. And the the music's sweet. And the music is great. Um, And Vanish Mario, like, I love the concept of it. I love, um, like, the look of it, too. He's, like, kind of these loose particles flying in space. Um, But again, like, kind of like Mario Galaxy, they just show up when you need specific stars. And you can't, like, bring them with you or like enter other levels with them. So like kind of honestly a little bit lame compared to all the power-ups and all the Mario games. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so coins, if we didn't mention it, replenish health. 
Um, there's also these like spinning hearts that are not, there's not that many of them in the game, but if you run through them, you replenish health. Um, you can definitely tell that they were put there after much playtesting. Yeah. It's almost like instead of modifying the difficulty of the platforming of the enemies, they just kind of put those there to there, be like, ah, you can heal here. There is fine. one. Sometimes they're in weird locations. Other times they're in like locations that it's so obvious that they're just like, actually, this is hard and people are going to die, like, die a lot if you don't put one here. So let's put one 100%. Here. Yeah. Um, you can also jump in the water um, and then come up for air and it'll replenish your health. Um, and when you're swimming underwater, which is not a lot of swimming in this game, um, but there is some. And I would say it's I don't really have any issue with the swimming in this game. Um, there is a breath meter. And also yes. just this game, it works on a, a life system where you um, have lives and run out and then you kind of have to start over and or at the you know beginning of the castle or whatever and then go back to where you were. Which is kind of silly. And it a makes me silly. think. It makes me wonder why they didn't kind of get rid of the life system in general. They should have just gotten rid of it. It's kind of silly, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we talk about the game? Let's do it. Uh, open us up with one of the most epic stories in a Mario game anyone has ever <laughs> experienced. <laughs> Did we talk about how dynamic and incredible the story in this game is? <laughs> I mean, Mario has always been uh, very well known for its story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what starts us off here? Uh, uh, a voiceover of Peach saying, Mario, please come to the castle. I've baked a cake for you. Yours truly, Princess Toadstool. Peach. Peach. Um, did you know that that was the voice of one of the editors of um, Game and, or no, Nintendo Power America? No, I did not. She she also localized the game, I believe, or helped oh, with the local. Holy cow, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Go on. Wow. Um. Then we just get this like awesome, awesome music. Like it was like you bum, just get bum. so excited. Bum 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 bum. Yeah. Um. So it, it we see Lakitu. He comes down. He's holding a camera, and a pipe comes up out of the um, ground outside the castle, and out pops Mario. Um, and off you go. Um, you are free to explore the outside of Mushroom Castle and explore. I did as I, I, mean, I spent so much time in this game, just running around exploring. I mean, you mentioned you were doing the same thing. Um, it's crazy how like things change. And now I'm just like beelining to all the things and doing the game as kind of as fast as I can. It's just like, I, my God, that I spend so much time in this game, just searching around for things. Well, I think because when you're younger, there's the idea that like something's waiting around every turn or like you don't know yeah, where they might know. decide to hide things. Whereas now as adults, we can kind of see the strings on things and we're like, well, they're not going to hide a star unlike if you climb a tree at the furthest end of Peach's castle. Right. But but Which, I climbed like, when every tree. Right. When you're like eight, you're like, well, maybe they did. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, the outside of the castle is pretty cool. I mean, there's like a there's like a stained glass like Peach thing, I think. At the top, I actually, forget. yeah, um, I think so. It's just, you know, like there's like these plains, there's grass, like um, trees, there's a moat, um, a little bit of a little lake, a waterfall. It's it's very pretty. I um, really wanted the lake to contribute and matter in some way, and it never does. No, yeah, the moat really. does, but not the lake. I mean, there's a there's a cannon right by the lake. There that you is. can go into if you complete the game, Aaron. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, 
um so you enter the castle i mean this is like the outside is the time for you to just kind of like play around with your moves um but you head into the castle and immediately bowser kind of just says yeah i've got peach um and you hear like bowser's like evil you know laugh um love it as a kid just chills awesome just couldn't like bowser in 3d i couldn't wait um, I have to say, I, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but Bowser's laugh kind of reminded me of Ganon from Zelda 64. It does sound like, a little bit. Like so that. I wonder if they share a voice actor. Th- that'd be cool. Yeah. So Mushroom Castle kind of generally is like three main areas. I suppose the, the top level is is a little kind of like two areas, but um, there's a basement. There's the main floor that you start on. Um, there's a courtyard that's kind of part of like the basement sort of area sort of um and then there's the upper floors that are kind of all grouped together and my and then when i'm talking about this grouping it's kind of like these key doors that um will gate your progress or or these like yeah. big star doors for like bowser situations anyway most levels are accessed by jumping into paintings on the wall how so cool awesome is that i fucking love that it still rooms. Um, and the ripple effect, uh, again, 3D gaming was like brand new to most people. And this was the first 3D game I had played as a kid. And to see you jump into a painting and the painting ripple like water, I, I just like de-squirts as a little kid. It's de-squirts. so awesome that they had such a small team and they focused on that detail so much. Like it, it's and it's some people would just gloss over that. Be like, let's just get to the level part. Let's focus our time and effort on the design of the level. But exactly. just, I'm so happy that they did that. It's it's such a joy. Um, and I, as I mentioned, there are star doors um, or big star doors, um, which I think exclusively lead to Bowser fights. Right. Um, yes. And there are regular star doors, which really kind of go away. Um, More or less. It's, and yeah. the, they're kind of a get your progress in the beginning. So you don't have access to all the first floor levels all at once. Um, you need a certain amount of stars to get into those levels. And there are key doors. Um, when you beat Bowser's, you get keys to unlock doors. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Tell us about levels. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into like the, the specific levels, let's talk about them kind of generally. I mentioned before that they're like often have the, they're kind of like bespoke. There, there are these bespoke areas for certain stars. There is kind of like a general theme. And then some stars are kind of like, more seamlessly kind of like in the environment than others others they're like let's just put this obvious like structure here that doesn't look like it belongs thematically or like aesthetically with the rest of the level but it but it's just there and you and put a star on it Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah which i'm totally fine with i don't mind that at all um well and i guess if we kind of zoom out and talk about levels like in a more meta way like traditional Mario levels that are 2D, you just traverse the level and get to the flagpole at the end, right? But you can't, like, you could do that in 3D, but yeah. then what else do you do on top of that? Yeah. So each level, kind of the philosophy of the levels in this game is like create a big 3D space with like, you know, verticality and things like that. Yeah. And then incorporate, um, like, instead of flagpoles, like now they're stars. So you're not just traversing to the end, you're kind of accessing every system the game has to offer. Yeah, yeah. There are various objects to climb, traverse, interact with. Very often they're floating in the air. Sometimes it's like something that looks like it's part of the level. Other, Like I mentioned, sometimes it's not. 
there are enemies. Um, there are sometimes these yellow exclamation point blocks, uh, which are usually just coins or an extra life. There might be a different color block uh, exclamation point block, which will be if it's red, it's the wing cap. If it's blue, it's the um, invisible cap. And if it's green, it is the metal cap. Um, there are seven stars per level. And I'm talking about the main levels. There's also like secret stars in the game that we'll talk about kind of briefly later on. Um, six of those are done by collecting stars and accomplishing various missions. When you enter a level, um, it will tell you what star you are, like the game is kind of intending you to get. You don't have to get that star in most cases. You can get other ones. Yeah. And it's not to say that like you can get any star, um, because there are certain ones that are gated, like after quote unquote progress is made. Um, but those are kind of few and far between and it depends on the level. Yeah. Um, one of those stars is always an eight red coin star. You get eight red coins and the star will appear. There is almost always a can. Oh, sorry. That's before I talk about cannons. The seventh star in every level is a hundred coins. Um, no. I, I did <laughs> not know that when I was a kid, like I, it was like, so, like Bowser said, you beat the game, and Bowser's like, there are actually 120 stars. You're, I'm like, what? How? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like how? Um. And yeah, so that kind of like blew my mind. I will say when it when I was younger, so sometimes getting 100 coins is tough. It's real. It can be really tough, but there are usually enough coins in a level total where it's not too hard to get 100. You just kind of have to know what enemies will drop. Like blue coins, you have to try to get all... Sometimes if you don't get any of the blue coins that appear when you hit a blue coin switch, you can't get 100 coins, um, which is annoying. But, I mean, very often you will die and you'll lose <laughs> all your coins. It does. You sound, like, you sound like the ladies in Dark Souls 2. um i mean so i hear you describing this and i believe you that they're not always difficult but is it ever not tedious um it yes it is probably tedious more than it's not tedious yeah there are some levels like big boo's haunt it's so easy to get a hundred well you gotta pop those ghosts yeah um, but there are other levels where it is. Yeah, it's, it's a lot harder. Um, if there's a level with a slide, um, that's usually not difficult. Well, I guess the slide can kill you a lot, but anyway, um, I, I, for this playthrough, basically I, I, for every playthrough that I do, I get 120 stars. I wouldn't respect myself if I didn't, but I do respect you, even though you didn't do it. This is just a me <laughs> thing. Well, first of all, I didn't confirm that I didn't do it, but I am confirming now that no, I did not. <laughs> But we, you said beforehand you weren't going to do it. I would have been shocked <laughs> yeah, if enough. you did it. Um, uh, um, yeah. I will say, uh, like of all the types of stars to get, um, I, I don't generally love the eight red coin stars. And I understand the concept between the eight red coin stars and getting 100 coins to get a star. The idea is they want you to explore the entire level, right? They want you to like fully experience everything yeah. and see every... It's a cool way to get you to do it. It is, yeah. But like eight red coins, fine. Like uh, between the two of them, I don't love either one, but I'll do eight red coins. But a hundred coins is like a bridge too far for me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I mentioned there's a cannon. Um, most levels have a cannon. To to open it, you need to find the bomb on buddy 
who is like pink or red, I guess, and, and talk to him and he will open the cannon wherever that is. And the cannon is, I think, in almost every circumstance in the game when there's a cannon, it's used to get a star. Yeah. And yeah. except except when you get 100 coins, that cannon is not used to get a star. Sorry, 100 uh, stars, I mean. Um, yeah. So generally, the stars, is, it, it, like including the early levels, are really just proving your metal in platforming challenges. It is like demands a mastery of difficult controls, like including camera movements and moves. I have some examples that I'll talk about in a bit. Um, one of them, we'll, I guess we'll talk about in more detail is the wall kicks will work one in cool, cool mountain. Um, you know, there are just so it, it, most like, you, right. Like you'd agree, right. It's, it's, it's like you need to be really good at the controls to get a lot of stars in this game. Yeah, you have to have yeah, you have to have a degree of mastery over as we were saying, like chaining those things together um, to be able to get a lot of stars. Yeah, other games in the series later kind of like really when they got tighter controls that allowed them to create even more difficult stars to get um, based on mastery of those controls. I would say that this game is uh, camera bullshit aside. I think it's relatively well balanced in terms of difficulty. There is some tedium. But I'm not counting that um, as when it comes to difficulty. Yeah, I, I, I didn't really fair. think this game was that difficult back no. in the day. Holy hell, was it difficult? Yeah, especially on certain stars, which we'll talk about. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go through each of these levels. We are not going to talk about every single star. Uh, that would be boring. But we, you know, we'll talk about the general level design. And if we have some highlights or memories to share, we'll do that. We should also mention that a lot of the first stars in every level are kind of like if there's a boss battle, quote unquote, it's typically on that star. Um, yeah. And the first star is kind of like like the highlight star. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. yeah. Like to kind of show off a level. Yep. Yeah. What's the first one? bob Battlefield. Um, they spent literally years working on bob Battlefield. Um, bob Battlefield is, as its name suggests, a battlefield with a mountain on one side of it. Um, there are bob everywhere, um, and there is a king bob on top of the mountain. There is a cannon firing giant bubbles of water down below. There's a little area with trees, and there's a dry riverbed. Apparently, during testing, the riverbed was an actual river, um, but it was too difficult for new players to navigate, so they left it as a dry riverbed. Hmm. Um, there's a floating island. Um, what else to say about Baba Battlefield? I mean, that's kind of it. There's a chain chomp. Yeah, there's a chain chomp. Um, what's uh, what are some stars that kind of stand out to you? Well, Mario Wings to the Sky is one of them because that star took me forever. Yes, Not just to figure I, out well, how to get the wing cap, but like to fly through all those rings. Holy hell, that's like, it's so hard. <laughs> it, so, I mean, it was so hard. It's not really anymore, but like, I'm not incredible at, like, I can't do it first try still. No. So but I do the, it faster than I did back in the day. The star has you fire off from a cannon with the wing cap on, and you have to hit coins in the center of these rings very precisely to get the star. And I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I love wing cap Mario by design and his music and, you know, like tooling around with him, but actually getting stars with him. I hate. Yeah. Most of these levels, I will probably just highlight one star, but there are a couple that I'll, I'll share multiple because there's 
sometimes there's some some th- some interesting interesting things to say about multiple. Yeah, movies. Um, I remember as a kid uh, behind Chain Chomp's Gate, that star. Um, yeah. I kind of found it on my own, and you know it was the first star I think I had done out of sequence. And, you know, so if you do a star out of sequence, so like, let's say you get star seven before you get star three, right? When you pull up the level, you can see these blue empty slots um, that are other stars you have yet to get. So getting the star out of sequence, I saw how many stars were yet to get. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's crazy. I like jumped ahead of the game. Um, So there's a chain chomp locked up and basically you pound um, the stump holding him in place and he will fly through this metal gate. Um, you can see the star, but you don't know how to get to it and kind of crash the gate open and allowing you to get to the star. Yeah. Um, and it seems very obvious in hindsight, um, but as a little kid, I thought I was the cleverest person in the world figuring looked, out how to yeah. get the star. One thing we should also mention is that when you get a star, and this is a, I'll step on what doesn't work for me. Um, it, when you get a star, you get kicked out of the level and have to go back in. That, yes. I think that's lame. Yeah, I don't really get why they that sense. Um, but yeah, maybe because they wanted you to to like they wanted you to leave the level and go do other ones. But when I play this game, I basically just beat a level completely and then move to the next one, which is absolutely insane to me because I bounce around constantly. Yeah, I don't. Well, yeah, tell us about Womp's (laughs) Fortress. Uh, it's a fortress. Uh, this is your first like of many level in the sky. It is a, a fortress in the sky. Um, this is another, this is an example of a level where you have to do a certain star first for the rest of the level to appear or like it changes the landscape. So the first star is you have to, um, beat the Womp King. Um, he'll just kind of try to slam down on you and you, um, uh, jump on his back and stomp him and you do it three times. And we should also mention, sorry, interrupting Womp's Fortress to go back to Bomb on Battlefield. Bomb on Battlefield, you mentioned it's a tutorial level. Without realizing it at the time when you first play, it is teaching you how to fight Bowser. Yes. Because you have to run around King Bob-omb and and pick him up and throw him. Yes. Which is really neat. I love basically, it. It's brought back. Basically, every boss in this game is run behind them and do something. Yeah. Or wait until they do something and then run behind them. Yeah. Um, once you beat Womp King and Womp's Fortress, then a a tower will appear and there'll be these floating islands that'll appear as well. Um, basically, you start at the bottom of the castle and you're just kind of trying at the fortress and trying to make your way up to the top um, for a lot of the different stars. So, yeah, the one that um, I always remember is the one with the owl. Hoot. Yeah, that was hard. Well, OK, so what I never realized until playing through this time is that you control the owl. But it's weird, though. It's not it like is, perfect controls. It is weird, but I've always been playing the game as though the owl was just flying around on its own, and I thought it was just up to happenstance if it <laughs> flew over the... I swear to you, I never knew that you well, could control it, just like I never knew you could control the dinosaur. Oh, I'm not I'm not like laughing at you or anything. I'm sure at one point I thought that, too. So, yeah, this time for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, I used to because when the star came up, I was like, fuck this. I can't stand this one. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I realized, like, no, you're actually in kind of full control over where the owl goes. <laughs> and I got it in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At this point, if you're me, you'll have 10 stars <laughs> after you finish this level. Um, I, I, Let's just talk about the Tower of the Wing Cap now, because you need uh, the Wing Cap to do one of the stars in Bob on Battlefield. Um, to, when you get 10 stars, a light will shine down like on this like sun, this like little like 
sun artwork on the ground in the lobby. And it's if a you, it's a rug, right? Or yeah, maybe it's a rug. I thought maybe it was this tile, but yeah. And then you will, um, if you enter first person mode and you look up directly into the light, you will be transported to a secret star where you can you have the wing cap and you can collect eight red coins in the levels where you unlock a cap. There is always an eight red coin challenge um, as, as a star, and you get a one of the castle's secret stars from yes. doing that. Um, this one is was hard. Yes. I'm, I'm going to keep referring to it in, like in the past tense. I mean, none of this stuff is really that hard for me anymore. But this occasionally, this one will trip me up. Still, um, but yeah, you hit the you hit the um, switch and you unlock the wing cap everywhere. So. Which again, like, is only going to be useful for a star. It's not like you just get it to do fun stuff with. Yeah. Actually, before we talk about Jolly Roger Bay, um, secret stars are, I mean, there are other ones. Um, There is a secret slide. There's a secret aquarium, which has some challenges. Um, The secret slide, that also blew my mind when you, I was like, where could the other one be? Um, You beat the slide once and and you notice you're being timed. And I think it might be the only one you're getting timed in. Um, You get a star for beating the slide generally. But if you do it under, I think it's 21 seconds, then you get another star. And holy cow, when my friend told me about that, my mind was blown. Um, There are toads around who will give you advice. They'll tell you things. I think that one of them tells you to look like how to like find some of the secret stars. Um, Some of them will give you stars. I think three of them. Um, And then in the basement, there are bunnies, Uh, two bunnies that you can get uh, over the course of the game. Um, If you catch them, you will, uh, they're kind of a pain in the ass to catch, but they'll give you. Stars. Yeah, they are. And then there's a cloud level at the end, which you probably I didn't do and would hate anyway. <laughs> um, I attempted and was like, fuck this and yeah. moved on. Thought yeah. so. All right. Jolly Roger Bay. Uh, tell us about it. Uh, has the best music in the game. Totally. For sure. Um, so it's basically uh, like you mentioned, a lot of the levels are kind of islands in the sky. This one is not. Um, if it's not an island in the sky level, there's typically uh, tall borders around the entire level to contain it, uh, which this one has. They're kind of mountains. And it's just this this kind of cove with a sunken ship in the middle with a giant eel that lives inside the ship. Um, so for the main star, you have to lure the eel out of the ship to go inside. Um, there's some real bullshit uh, jumping and platforming to get the star within the ship. Would you say that's fair? Um, yes. Slippery well, as hell. I won't know. I would say total bullshit. Um, one thing you can do that I did this time, uh, is once you uh, like get the water to lower, book it to the other side of the room. Yes. And you so can that... buy, you could bypass most, if not all of it. Yes. But if you're like me and you did not do that, you spent about 15 minutes trying to get this star. <laughs> um yeah tell us more there's a cave system as well in this level yeah. tell us tell us I, more about that i i used to not like this level i mean i love the music but i used to not like the level but now i really like it it is just kind of quaint and small and pretty music obviously um you know the the getting the eel to come out of the ship is annoying i don't know if i, I still don't think i know the trigger condition to get it to come out i thought you just had to go like in front of its face and, yeah, that's what it seems like. But it doesn't come out sometimes. And then I'll just get hurt and I'll like I died a couple times trying to get it to come out because I'm an idiot. There's probably I could have just looked up at any time in the last forever like last 20 years how to do that. Um but well, that, and you but you do have to do it for other stars as well, which is um annoying. 
No. The eel? Well, well, there, well, there's there's one other eel star, but that's yeah. one that's coming out of the gate. And it, But if you go in front of it for that star, it'll just come out immediately. For this oh, one, it won't. Um, or at least it didn't seem, didn't seem to to me. Anyway, and then once you once you do that, once you get that first star, that the ship rises. Yes, uh, the for the rest, most of the rest of the stars. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's I think that's the only like no, that, that's all I've got on that level. Yeah, there's a metal Mario star you get in this level, but it's, it's about yeah. it. Yep. Um, tell us about cool, cool mountain. Uh, definitely was a major obstacle for me as a kid. Like same, such a hard level. Yeah. Um, the penguin slide that was hard. There's like this ice slide in like this giant cave. Um, going on the slide in general. I, mean, I remember I spent so much time as a kid trying to f- figure out like a way to jump down to the bottom. Yeah, uh, me too. And, and you can do it. I didn't do it this time, but you can do that in this one and the princess's secret slide. Um, anyway, that penguin race was tough. Um, wall kicks were work will work. I want to talk about that one. That was so hard for me as a kid. Getting there Same. with the cannon, not falling off the ledge as you make your way past the enemies, and then mastering the wall kicks was really, really hard. And they that's the example we gave earlier where they put a red heart thing there because you will fall constantly if you mess it up. Yes. And yes. like this is a good example of like the mastery of moves because to get the second jump, the second kick to do it, you need to time your jump, your triple jump perfectly. So you land on the right part of the wall and then kick off it. It's tough. Yeah, it took me. Yeah, as a kid, this is a star I would skip this time. it I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it took me a little while. Yeah, I think I got at my third try. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got on this level. Like, yeah, we can talk about every star. I mean, I have memories for for everything. You know, I could I could share like a memory for all of these, but I we, we don't yeah we don't need to do that. Um, yeah, I will say of the opening set of levels, Cool Cool Mountain by far the hardest. I would say. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got our first Bowser level, our first star door. I remember yeah. as a kid feeling like super accomplished unlocking this, and I remember being like, "Oh my gosh, what's what's going to happen?" Um, this is the one with the trap door, right? When you run up to the painting. Um. Yes. Yeah. So there's a painting of Bowser, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, it's, gonna be nice. it's Peach at first. And then as you but walk closer, like, yeah. And I was like, oh yes. shit. Um, and then a trapdoor opens, and you fall through. And I was so jazzed. I thought that was so cool. And I was so pumped for the level. And then it's this. And I think it kind of sucks. And I don't like it. Oh, really? I like, <laughs> I like the Bowser levels. Uh, I mean, I, I think I was just expecting I was expecting something more like the hellscape level in the basement for a Bowser Bowser level. OK, um, I like the subsequent Bowser levels. This one, um, I was expecting something different mm. and it's just always left a bad taste in my mouth. Because oh, of that. interesting. I, I like it. Um, in it's, each of these Bowser levels, there's a red coin star uh, that contributes yes. to the to the secret stars. They're usually the harder ones in the game to get, I guess, or at least the harder hardest one at that point. Well, actually, yes, but that's, that's not even true. Those are well; those are the only two stars you can possibly get from the Bowser levels: the main star and then the eight records. Yeah, it's not like a normal course where it has like up to seven stars. I don't know. If you, wait, maybe I don't, you don't actually get stars for Bowser levels other than the red coin one. I think when you beat it, you just get a key. Mm, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yep. Um, um, yeah, it's like a crystalline cave, kind of. It's like a long meandering, um, like 
obstacle course. Yeah, it's it's like in in the background is like these dark green like giant stalagmites and like pe- like poking out of the darkness. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Bowser, tell us about Bowser. Yeah, so um, da 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 da. That was good. Uh, so Bowser, as you mentioned earlier, uh, basically for most enemies, you just run behind them. In this case, you run behind Bowser and grab his tail. Um, you start swinging him around, and there are these large bombs that are positioned around the arena. The arena you're in is flat and circular, and essentially all you have to do is time it so that when you throw him, he hits a bomb, which as a kid, my timing was impeccable. As an adult, not as great. Yeah, I was I was thinking the exact same thing. I was, I was so, so good much as a better kid. at this as a kid. So one thing you can do in the first two Bowser fights is you can not throw him, you can not spin him as long, and you can throw him, because if you spin him really long, he'll launch him into the air. If you do it, like, after a little bit less, you'll kind of just, like, throw him along the ground, and it's easier to time that, and also yes. he'll just, like, slide into the bomb and blow up. But then the game knows that you're doing that, because in Bowser, the third, the final boss fight of the game, they uh, don't let you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically every Bowser fight, uh, more or less. Yeah. Um, and from there, you get a key, which takes you to the basement. Yeah, but before you do the basement, you can go to the courtyard and defeat a boo that has this, like, little, um, what would you call it? It's like a birdcage. Like a birdcage, um, which, yeah. which has the level in the birdcage. You're, like, in a birdcage the whole time. Can I tell you something that's uh, shameful? Sure. I almost never, ever did this level as a kid because I could never figure out how to get into it. And I would make up the stars other ways. And this is the first time as an adult, I like got basically every star um, because I like figured out by looking up how to get into it. I do have a memory of having trouble figuring out how to get into it as a kid. But um, yeah, I like this level a lot. This is an awesome level um haunted house level there's a haunted merry-go-round in the basement um there are like books that have blood on them with teeth that will attack you these they hurl books. themselves at you yeah, yeah. There, there's booze there's a piano with teeth like come yes. on that's awesome um there's stars both like stars getting you to the core of the house but also there's a star on the very top of the house um, there's like this outhouse that connects to the house as well through like a series of like kind of tunnels and things. So here, here's a shameful memory I have. It took me forever to figure out you can wall jump to the top, top floor. I didn't even know there was a top, top floor. I searched high and low for more stars when I, when I saw like, there was like a one will pop up and I'm like, I, I don't know where this is. I, I, and I'm like, it's a haunted house. And it's like the boo houses in the ghost houses in Mario world. So it's going to be something really secret. I, I, I could not figure it out. Yeah. I had to look up how to get some of these stars this time. Um, not just for this level, but exclusive or a lot for this level, um, but not exclusively. But yeah, yeah, this level is it's, it's tricky. Like even the first one, go on a ghost hunt, like the hint, go on a ghost hunt. That doesn't really tell you much. You're yeah. supposed to kill all the ghosts. Um, or like secret of the haunted books, right? Like yeah. the books are thrown at you, but unless like I had to look it up, like, oh, you have to hit them in a certain combination. Like, yeah. oh, okay. It's the kind of thing where if I had played this as a kid, those things would be memorized by now. So like to me, yeah. but I had to like look up because I never played this as a kid. Oh. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, I just I mean, like I, you did kind of say, I didn't, I didn't realize the extent to which you hadn't played when you. Yeah, were my playing. ignorance of this level clearly outclasses my ignorance of any of the other levels. All the other levels I know really well because I've, yeah. I've played them. Most of the time, the hints are pretty good. Going to Ghost Hunt, I remember was I was had no idea that took me so long to figure that out as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hazy Maze Cave. What is that like? I, I think this is a total dud of a level. I don't love it. I love I, parts of it, but. Yeah. I, I, I love like the, the idea, like the atmosphere generally. I like it. It does a thing that one other level does, where it kind of tries to be two levels at once, and I mm-hmm. don't think it works in that level, and I don't think it works in this level. I think if you had a level that was designed around the central lake with a dinosaur, that would be really cool. Yeah, but it's got this other shit attached to it with like yeah. moving elevators. Totally and, agree like, that the, the whole like poison gas yeah, cave yeah. maze is stupid. The the platforming to like it getting eight red coins in this level is so I hate it shitty. And yeah. also I, this level is probably one of the hardest ones to get a hundred coins in, I think. I could see for that. me at least. I I it because it, like it's very dependent. There are less coins and it's dependent on getting all of the blue coins. And those it's a little bit tricky to get all the blue coins in this um the blue coin switch. That said, very possible that. I mean, I never done did like deep research into this level. Someone might come along and say, you're doing this level all wrong. It's way easier than you think. And I'll, you know, fuck me then, I guess. Well, also what's curious about this level that other levels don't have is this level features a map multiple times to try and explain where you are. And I don't know if that was like a gimmick they were trying and they thought it was cool. Like, oh, this level is so big and you have so many yeah. options of where to go. You need a map. Or if the map was put in afterwards to be like, oh, fuck, people don't know where they are, where to go. Yep. Like, I don't know which came first. I don't know. That's a good good question. Like, I kind of know the layout of this level intuitively because I, you know, played it and grew up playing it. But yeah, if I came in like blind, would I have needed the maps? I don't know. One thing that this level has that I did think was very cool is that it hides the cavern of the metal cap within the entrance to it in the level. Yep. It is the only level that is entered through another level. Yeah. Um, very cool. I like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I like, I like the, the, you know, the, the cave with the, it's, it's, it's really not much to do in the cave with the, with with Dory dinosaur. Um, but you know, I I think it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting idea, but yeah, generally I think this level is an absolute dud. It's, I think it's actually, it's my least favorite level in the game. It's again, like it's a cool concept, but I like the dinosaur in the lake, but they could have done more with that. Whatever. Yeah. Lethal Lava Land. Uh, this is probably the most central level in the basement. It's got the biggest frame. It's kind of front and center when you arrive in the basement. And this is what I thought a Bowser level would be like. Uh-huh. Um, what do you think? I love this level. Yeah, I love it too. It's kind of this hellscape. It's got a volcano in the center with a spinning platform around it. It just has like a variety of um, like kind of platforming challenges, just kind of all arrayed out on this lava field. Yeah. And so the different stars kind of play around with different areas and different challenges you're doing basically above the lava. The punishment for pretty much all the stars um, is like you falling in the lava and burning. Yep. And, and I just I think more this level works more than other ones do. Like some levels have a theme. This level, I mean, it is there is a theme. It's lava, but like it's kind of this mishmash of miscellaneous platforming challenges. I think that works. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, it, 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 yeah, it does something which I love, which is 
um, like part of the level you go into and it's much bigger, which is going in the volcano. Yep. Um, not every level does this, but the levels that do, I think it's super cool. Yep. Speaking of shifting Sandland does this. It's yeah. Very, very, a lot of similarities. Um, I don't, I don't love this one though. Interesting. I do. Um, even though it's a, it's a little bit of a pain in some ways. And I think that some of my like mind blowing, like the memories of my, like this, this level has like one of my most like fond memories of my mind being blown as a kid. Okay. Um, and if I maybe it's shameful. Um, so, well, I guess one thing I had has going against it is it has the exact same music as lethal lava land. Not a fan of that. Yeah. Uh, it which should have its own. It took me so long to figure out the stand tall and four pillars thing, even though it's right there in the name. And so when, four pillars. when suddenly the top of the pyramid rises and disappears and you go down and you realize you're back in the pyramid and it's taking you, an elevator is taking you down and then you jump into this hole and you go even further down. And then suddenly there's this boss underneath the pyramid. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. cool. The I rock. Yes. The um, rock. Yeah. This, I mean, this level, I mean, it's a pyramid um, and, just like surrounding desert area. Quicksand is like an auto death. Um, it, this is a tricky level. It's that's tricky. what I, that's what I dislike most about it within the pyramid. There's sand that you can kind of get stuck in, but yeah. it doesn't kill you necessarily outside. There's a lot of quicksand that will kill you immediately. And that I find annoying. Yeah. It's tough. It's definitely yeah. a difficulty spike. Also getting the star on the bird. I don't know why, but like as a child, that gave me such a hard time. And this time I did it the first time very quickly. Yeah, I don't get it. But. Yep. Um, then we're back to Dire Dire Docks. Well, not, or no, not Dire Dire Docks is its own thing. Yeah, that's right. The, the song is called Dire Dire Docks. Um, that's what I was theme, thinking. And we were Jolly yes. Roger Bay and, and then this one. Yeah. So basically, um, this is a deep water level. Um, you're going to want to get on Bowser's sub for the first one, um, which is pretty basic and simple. And then the cool one I remember when I was a kid is there's a manta ray swinging or swinging swimming around and it's uh sending out these water rings and you can get a star by following it i always thought that was cool as a kid because yeah. i like manta rays this level it, it's it, there's it's really simple um there's not much to it uh the the until you beat bowser so in order to get to bowser you have to um like what, what is it like the the painting for bowser in the fire sea is like far up and you need to you need to move it back. And in order to do that, you have to get the beat sub. the Bowser sub star, and then the yes. painting will move backwards, and then you can enter Bowser in the Fire World. Fire yes, seat. or or go back to Dire Dire Docks and get the other stars. Yeah, but, or you could or you could do that. Um, yeah. Really, just the same kind of stuff. Um, platform challenges to get up uh, to get get higher and higher until you fight Bowser. Um, Bowser now stands on this like platform hanging over the lava. He can now teleport and he can slam to tilt the platform and get you to try to slide and fall off. Um, but you only have to be hit Bowser once again um, yep. to beat him this time. Yeah, the teleporting really annoyed me this time. Um, it was kind of about like how far to go to bait him into doing something before you yeah. run around. I just beat him so fast, so it, he didn't even teleport. You know? Oh, well, good yeah. for you. Um, okay. Last thing to talk about related to the basement is the vanish cap. Um, vanish cap under the moat. Um, you there are, you get a hint to ground pound these two pillars in the basement as you're exploring. If you do that, it lowers the water in the moat, and then you can jump into this level. And it's just, you know, more platforming challenges and uh, a switch to hit the, uh, to unlock the vanish cap. Yep. Yep. 
So after beating Bowser the second time, you get yet another key, which takes you to the upper floors and a different set of levels with another star door. Um, so you, there's not kind of a bespoke order because um, the levels up here, the layout of the castle goes around in a circle. Yeah. And there's paintings that you can access just from that atrium area. There's paintings you can access by going through doors. Um, but the game says that level number 10, sequentially next, is Snowman's Land, a snow level that I think is better than Cool Cool Mountain. Oh, I see. I, I don't think it's as good as Cool Cool Mountain. Really? Why not? I don't know. I, I, I think it's easier. I kind of like the Cool Cool Mountains tough. Okay, I, I actually, I kind of like that this level's easier. Fair. That's very fair. Yeah. I mean, I like this level. Um, it's in a kind of an open, snowy expanse, but there is sort of a giant snowman in the center. Um, and obviously, as you would expect, one of the main stars is to climb up to the top and get to the top of the snowman's head. Um, you have to follow behind a giant penguin or the snowman will blow you off this ice bridge. As a kid, I thought this was so difficult as it's, an adult. It's so it's, it was so hard as a kid. Yeah, yeah. not as an adult. No, yeah. um, there's also like this ice sculpture that you can kind of climb into to get a star. Yeah. As a kid, this really annoyed me as an adult. I'm like, why did I ever think this was difficult? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else to say about snowman's land? I like that they have like a, a ice bully like the bullies in uh, Lethal Lava Land, but this one is just made of ice. And the, the, the coloring, the texture of him is pretty cool. I guess I just wish the encounter with him was like different than the other bullies, but it's yeah, kind of the, the same. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty quickly to repeat something like that. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Tell us about a world that I'm not a huge fan of. Wet Dry World? Wet Dry World, yeah. So I go back and forth. I think I like this level. This, but I mean, this in Snowman's Land, and really like this. The more I talk about this game, the more it just reaffirms what I said earlier is that I, I just don't think any of these levels are truly great. But I think yeah. that they're like they're all mostly good. And this is, I think, this is a good level. There's nothing about it that makes me feel like it's great. Um, so this one is all about playing with water level. What? Um, how you enter the painting will dictate where the water starts. If the lower the painting is entered, the lower the water level, the higher the painting is entered, the higher the water level. Um, the, uh, there are crystals within the level that you can touch and they will lower or raise the the water of the the level to like the level that the crystal is at. The level is separated into like two areas. There's like a quote uptown area and a downtown area finding the underwater city, the downtown area blew my mind. Yes. I thought it was extremely cool as a kid. And as a kid, I have actually very fond memories of this level, but now as an adult, because of like raising and lowering the water levels, like it just feels a lot slower and more plotting now as an adult than it did as a kid. That's fair. It is. And if you mess up, if you don't know exactly what you're doing, or if you forget, like I always forget, um, it can be annoying to have to climb like going from the bottom and like lowering out the water all the way there. And then having to get like flipped by those freaking enemies up to the top, you know? Yeah. It it can be a little annoying. It's also, you kind of said it like the stars are not very intuitive in this level. Um, And during this replay through um, I had to look up how to get this up. Like this level did not come with as much muscle memory for me as many of the other. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. The, the I think one of the reasons the underwater city blew my mind is that 
I like I saw that gate in the in the corner and like, how do you get past that? I need to know. And I like it didn't occur to me, even though it's so obvious now that like you got to shoot yourself into it from with a cannon. But I, for some reason, just kept ignoring where the camera was or where the cannon was. And so I didn't know there was a cannon. So I'm like, how do you get in there? Can you raise the water level all the way? No, you can't. There's a cannon. No, no. <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Wet Dry World, probably my least favorite level. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we get to Tall Tall Mountain, a level I like. Um, it's a tall, tall mountain. I like it too. Um, I think this level might be the hardest level of the game or one of them. It's tricky. Um, yeah, there's so it's a obviously tall, tall mountain. But what stands out about this uh, compared to other levels is that there are a lot of mushrooms, right? And mushroom yeah. platforms. Um, this also features monkey characters called Ukikis. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so the, the stars kind of deal with um, scaling the mountain with the monkeys and kind of with the mushrooms. Um, one of my favorite star titles, uh, which even as a child I thought was weird, was Scary Shrooms, comma. Red coins, <laughs> yeah, which I love. Yeah, the I don't like that monkey. Um, I hate it. It can steal your cap, and then you can't. When you does, you, you have to go get it back. If you leave the level you know. and go do other stuff, you won't have a cap. And you take double damage without your cap. Is that right? Um, probably. I think you do. It's yeah, it's been a while since I experienced that. Um, yeah, catching the monkeys fucking sucks. Yeah, it does, and it's like a really tiny platform to do it on too. If you like, like you if miss, you, you trap fall. them. If you trap them in like a corner of the geometry and then sneak very slowly, that is the most successful yeah. way I found to, to catch them. I am not good at this level. I fall all the time. Not necessarily to my death, but I fall down the mountain. And it's a little annoying to me and tedious that you have to basically climb the mountain for, for four different stars of the, of the seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, as a kid... The, there was a secret slide in the mountain. I, I love that there's like a just a side of the mountain that like ripples a little bit as you walk past it and you and to be like, oh, what is this? You jump in yes. secret slide. Um, that slide was impossible for me as a kid. I, yeah, it, it was so hard for me to not die. Yeah, even this playthrough, I had some trouble with it. And then in this playthrough, jumping to get the eight red coins on the mushrooms or like when I was doing the hundred coins in this level, like timing your jumps and placing the camera up with those, like some of those tiny, tiny mushrooms. Yes. There is one tiny mushroom that I, I died jumping to like probably five times. And as one thing I wish I knew when I was a kid is that for that lonely, um, the blast of the lonely mushroom star, um, getting to the, the cannon is annoying and hard. And when you, and then you have to like basically hit the star midair or you, you die, die. you can long jump from higher up. And it's so, I never, I never did that. I mean, you'll take a lot of damage, but it, yeah, it's so much easier to do. Damn. Yeah. Um, Tell us about Tiny Huge Island. This is really them like, this and TikTok Clock are kind of like the two biggest like gimmick levels. And I think they both are successful. Uh, Okay. Tell me, tell me why. Um, Well, okay. So maybe this is like hindsight. I think this level was kind of royal pain in the ass for me when I was younger. Um, if you enter, there's two different paintings. If you enter the big painting, you well, will, and we should, we should clarify when you walk in the paint, there is, there's a painting in yeah, front of you, but not like normal painting, but it, yeah, it's not the painting. So if you try and jump into it, you bounce off. Of it. 
which I think is very cool. Yeah. And then to the right, there's a giant painting. If you enter that one, um, you will be very small compared to the, the, the island it will be massive. If you then to the left, there is a very tiny painting where you will be giant relative to the rest of the level. There is no need to ever enter the level small. It's always uh, easier to get around when you are large. You yeah. can get around way faster. You can get to the things you need to do to turn back to be small. Because you can't, I'm not saying that you, you have to be small to get some of the stars, but it's just faster and less tedious to get through the level if you just enter where the level is very tiny every single time. Yeah. Can we say fuck you to Koopa the Quick in this level? It's It's kind of tricky. He just like gets bursts of speed. Like it's the way in which he pulls away from you feels so unfair. To beat him in this, you almost have to use the long jump. You do. You yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. This he gave me all quite a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, you kill Wiggler here. Well, you don't kill yeah. him, but he's the boss. Um, he doesn't yeah. become he doesn't become Red Angry Wiggler. I had yeah. a memory of him becoming Red Angry Wiggler, and he doesn't. Maybe he does in Mario sixty four uh, DS. Maybe. But yeah, it's weird. He gets angrier, but he doesn't turn red. It's odd. Yeah, it's a odd. Yeah. All right. So tell me about how you hate TikTok Clock. I fucking hate. Well, here's the thing. I think conceptually, TikTok Clock is great. I think yeah. it's a really cool idea. I think jumping in at certain times to control like the speed of the clock is really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, I just think there's no level that you battle with the camera more than TikTok Clock. That's true. And that's the that's what honestly like would keep keeps this level from being a, a great level. This to me is the closest to greatness. If it just this, weren't for the damn camera problem. Yeah, agreed. Like again, conceptually, well, I love all of it. And I hate that it has the slide music. The I yeah, I can't stand that. And then Rainbow Ride has the same music. It's so annoying. Yeah. Also, TikTok Clock, shout out to probably one of the better adapted levels as a Mario Kart track. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Absolute favorite Mario Kart tracks. Yeah. Um, stopping time. So if when you when the minute hand is nearest to the 12, it makes everything stop. When you enter with the level when it's nearest to the three, it makes everything move slowly. The six, it makes it, things move randomly and change speeds pretty frequently. And if you enter near the nine, everything moves really fast. Yes. Almost all the stars can be gotten by just stopping time. And Which makes is the what I typically so do. much easier. Yeah. yeah. And if you're like me as a kid, I can't tell you how many times I tried to do the nine uh, or the, the eight red coins with Why? things moving slowly, even it though says it says in time. the star stop time. Yeah. yeah. I, as a kid, I didn't talk to toads, though. And I think the toads tell you what you're supposed to do. And then yes. this is one of those things where my friend told me. And I was like, what? Holy cow. Um, w- one of the weaknesses of this game, I think, is that level-wise, it ends weekly. Absolutely. I don't, I don't hate Rainbow Ride. I I, I, I I actually like it more than Hazy Maze Cave. But- I I remember loving Rainbow Ride like aesthetically as a kid. And I remember liking the level. But replaying it this time, I'm like, ah, this is like, I, I don't know that this works for me. It, it kind of doesn't. And like the 100 red coins, I remember I used to, as a kid, like when I would replay this game, 100 red coins or 100 coins in this level was like the hardest thing ever. It's really not. There are harder levels to get 100 coins. It's just time consuming. Um, it is the hardest blue coins to get. You have to do some massive like wall jumping skill, wall kicking skill to get them. Um I think I think my my main gripe I really the only gripe I have 
is that it's annoying that two stars require going like all the way up to the ship. Yeah. I, I will say this level reminds me of Lethal Lava Land or Lethal Lethal Lava Fuel but or whatever. Vertical. But yes, but vertical. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's like a magic carpet. Like to, you have to avoid these like flamethrowers and other obstacles while you're like floating on it. Um, the carpet will disappear if you get off it for too long. Yes. Um, and there's like a central kind of hub area that leads to like the swinging platform bespoke area where you can get two different stars. There's the maze area where you can get the eight red coin star and the blue coins and the find the cannon um, the bomb on buddy is. And there's the well, carpet path that leads up to the rainbow cruiser in the castle. What's really annoying is when you get to kind of that middle port middle portion of the level where it splits up like that, you don't have like a calm, cool, collected spot to kind of decide where you want to go. It's on all these spinning platforms that you kind of have to decide which way you're going to go. Yeah. And you can get easily turned around and like, where the hell am I again? So, like, which one am I going for? You And you can actually skip the entire carpet part at the beginning. You can long jump all the way to the um, like swinging platform bespoke area and then just climb up to the, the spinning platforms. Hmm. Makes things go but faster. It, it does, but it's still annoying when you're in that like central area to actually get to where you want to go, like the path you pick. Mm. It's very annoying to me. That's all I have to say about that level. That's all I have to say about that level. Shall we? Oh, well, let's not forget Wing Mario over the rainbow. Oh, yeah. Well, you hate that secret star. I hate that. It's not even really a secret. It's set up as a level. That's true. It's not. It is. Yeah. 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 Um, Bowser in the sky. 70 stars to get to it. I think I don't think we mentioned that like the first Bowser is it takes eight stars. Second Bowser fights 30, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and then this one. And but I, I don't fight this Bowser until I have 100, 119 stars anyway. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Eight red coins again. Uh, this time you have to hit him three times. Also, this level is significantly longer than the other two. Yeah, it's longer. Um, yeah. After you throw him into two bombs, he will destroy part of the stage to make the stage not circular, but star shaped. And it forces yes. you to have to throw him high in the air to a floating bomb, which is oh. it took me forever. It also I'm, the I'm so star, bad at it. Well, the star shape also kind of throws off your like internal like measuring system or yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, a little bit. It, it, it throws you off. So, yeah, this once it starts. Yeah. Um, don't love this Bowser fight. Yeah, um, but when you do beat him, um, he has a little monologue. He mentions there are 120 stars, which, as I mentioned, blew my mind when I was younger. And Mario gets, you know, he flies back down to the front of the castle. Peach congratulates him, um, kisses him on the nose. And then if you have 120 stars. I was just going to say now, tell <laughs> us what the tell us the the ultimate gaming reward it's, getting 120 it, stars it in Mario 64. I mean, I was I felt so good about it. Um, but it was such a lame reward. Uh, you shoot a cannon on a uh, cannon opens outside in the castle, um, which you might know have noticed like earlier on. Um, and you can shoot yourself to the top of the castle where Yoshi is there, and he gives you 99 lives for a gift from the Mario 64 development team. Even as a kid, I was like, but I just beat the game. Why would I need <laughs> these fucking lives? <laughs> um, so hooray, hooray, Nintendo. Yeah, pretty lame, um, yeah. but I still do it every time. And I still nice. go, I, I don't just get 120, Aaron. I go up to the top of the castle every time. I believe it. Yeah, I, I believe it. Yeah. Um, What is your favorite, like, section of the game? If you think main floor, basement, upstairs. 
So, you know, if you asked me before this most recent playthrough, I would have said um, like the upstairs, the first upstairs area. So with like tall, tall mountain, those levels. Um, But upon replaying this time, I have to say the first set of levels, the first area. So I would have said that before this, I'm, I'm going basement, even though I dislike Hazy Maze Cave. I, I think I like Lethal Lava Land and Shifting Sandland so like, enough where it elevates the entire thing for me. And I, I'm incorporating, I, I'm including uh, Big Boo's Haunt as part of that as well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I think the only reason I liked those upper levels as a kid was mainly for aesthetics. But playing through this time with an eye on design and kind of, you know, getting stars, like I think the first batch of levels are maybe tight a little tighter designed than some of the later ones, yeah. which we've already kind of talked about. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will agree with you that the basement levels are besides hazy maze cave, pretty tight. What is your favorite level? <sighs> My favorite level. That's hard. Um, scroll through them. <laughs> um, honestly, you know what, this time, even though I said the first set of levels is superior, I'm going to say overall, I think the best level probably is Lethal Lava Land. I, that's just my favorite of, level too. Yeah, just because of everything it has going on. You know, you go into the volcano, which is cool. The entire level like has all these cool platforming challenges spread out about them. Um, I think the eight red coins in this level is not annoying. Like, it's, Oh, it's so easy. It's pretty yeah. easy. Yeah, I'm going to say, which I never would have said as a kid, but I'm going to say as an adult, Lethal yeah. Lava Land is the best level in the game. Yeah, I think so too. As a kid, I I like TikTok Clock a lot. Um, the camera problems yeah. are just like it, it would be TikTok Clock if it weren't for the camera. I like Rainbow Cruise or whatever it is as a kid, but yeah, playing it now, I'm like, this is kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, was- least favorite level, we already I I already said mine is Wet Dry World. Yeah, the Hazy Maze Cave, definitely. Yeah. And that was Mario um, 64. Yeah, that was it. What works about Mario 64? Um, just the Mario's transition to 3D, it can't be uh, overstated how incredible that was. Um, I would say the level designs mostly. Um, the aesthetic is fun. I think that for Mario, the lack of like, because like you know it, it was still early in the in Nintendo 64's life, and like so there's a lot of there's like a lack of detail in this game relative to a lot of the games that came after it, especially Banjo Kazooie. Um, but I think that that aesthetic works for Mario, the kind of like random floating blob, like of a platform and if in the air, like it it doesn't, it doesn't look ugly to me. I still think this game is fun and it. Yeah. None of that stuff really bothers me. Um, We talked about the castle generally and the jumping into paintings. So cool. The sound design is fun. um, And then the music is mostly great. Um, Dire Dire Docs, one of my favorite um, songs from a video game ever. Agreed. How about you? Um, I'll add to what you said. I'll, I'll kind of second your points, but I'll add on top of that, um, the level of freedom they give you. Yeah. Considering this was Mario's first kind of foray into 3D, I think it would have been easy for them to keep you on a tight leash and make it so that you could only get one star at a time. Um, whereas I think it's a bold choice that they kind of, certain stars are gated to you having to get them at certain times. But the ability to just kind of free wheel and get the eight red coins or kind of get the star behind Chomp's Gate or just different things like that that let you play the game kind of the way you want to. I think it shows a level of, um, God, what's the right word? 
a level of trust on Nintendo's part mm-hmm. that even though this is kind of the first big 3D Mario game, like they trust the player enough to kind of make their own fun without Nintendo needing to hold your hand. Yeah. Um, which I think is like big props to Nintendo. Cause again, that's, this was a big deal for them. This was their first kind of transition into this new way of playing games and um, they could have botched it, but obviously they didn't. Yeah. So what doesn't work? Having to re-enter each level to get new stars. Um, yes. Exiting the, oh, when you pause and exit the course, it takes you to the start of the castle. What the God, hell? I hate that. That's so stupid. Um, but yeah, the biggest one is the the sloppy camera and controls. One thing we didn't mention, um, and I think I might have texted you about this um, just in passing, but Mario, when you turn him around, if you <sighs> don't, you he will like run in a little small, like a small little circle to turn around. And it's so I've fallen off so many platforms yep. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a big deal, but when you're trying to do something precise or even read a fucking sign, like yep. trying to turn to read a sign, it's yep. so annoying. Yep. Also, I don't know if it's canon, but at least in this game, Mario slicks up his shoes with a stick of butter before every level. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just for that extra slippery control that you love. He, yeah, that's, that's my fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mario Mario is just like he's, he just like wears like the slippery shoes um because he's he's like this is too easy I, I I gotta make it harder for myself to beat Bowser and so I'm gonna, better gonna, grease up my sneakers grease up my sneakers yeah, yeah. uh yeah like I, I thought I had to see if I was going crazy or if he truly no. is super slippery I like I went back and played a little galaxy and it's like no he's slippery he's as hell. so slippery yeah 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 yep so we're not going to do this segment for how would this game work as a movie because there already is a mario brothers movie and i don't know i i I just i felt very uninspired to try to think about this you know um i don't even i don't want it you know i I don't need that no so but if the sequel to the mario brothers movie just happened to borrow a lot of ideas from this game i would not object if they jump into paintings, I think that would be super cool. Yeah. yeah. If there's a wing cat Mario reference, I if would love that. If there's a part where he's in TikTok clock. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's about it. Yep. Would you want to live in the um, world of the game? Uh, I would love to. Well, maybe not the Mario world specifically, but I would love to live in a world where you could like jump into magical paintings. Oh, my God. Yeah. That right? I wanted that so badly. I want. I wish that could have been a thing. Um, we'll get to what I've been doing lately, but there have been some magical paintings in my life as of late. You've just been like running into walls. Like you went to the <laughs> museum, just, the, the the art um, institute of Chicago, and just just desperately got, hoping. Yeah, just got escorted out for trying to jump into paintings. I've ruined so many masterpieces, and the people that painted them are dead. So there's no getting them back. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to live in the world of the game. I. No, not in the Mario game. game, Whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you find any juicy fan fiction? I found uh, arrogant fan fiction. Oh, Uh, I love arrogant. Yeah, uh, this is called uh, Super Mario 64 Volume 1 Bomb Battlefield. Uh, The content isn't interesting. What's interesting is is the author's message. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I love when uh, people who write fan fiction are really feeling themselves, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, welcome all to the definitive Super Mario 64 fan fiction. This is the very first volume of, of an anticipated 
eight volume fan fiction. Ooh, okay. This guy must be popular. Yeah. Or he just really is delusional. This is a legitimate retelling of the events from Super Mario 64, one of my least favorite. As opposed um, to all those illegitimate retellings running around yeah, out there. I just what does hate, that even mean? I hate like I hate like narrating, like having like a retelling of a platforming game. Um, albeit with many changes that add to and flesh out the story while keeping 100 percent to the original flow of the game. Please join Mario and his Lakitu pal in this epic and suspenseful adventure. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what this else this guy's done. Well, I assume this is the only quote unquote volume that's been written. Yes. Uh, he also is. He's not popular. Um, he. Uh, he's written something called the fugitive. I and the 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 line here is I just created my own fugitive for this movie. What? Okay, and the other one's called. Like, true did you Par- shape him out of clay? Yeah, and this one's other one's called True Paranoia, a Silent Hill one shot of a guy entering Silent Hill. Okay. Um. So, what anticipated fan fiction? He in his bio it says he has been writing since he was about fourteen. He's now twenty six. Nice. That was written when he was in t- two thousand eighteen. So the guy is almost Too our old. age. Too old. Actually, not no, not old, not our age. Um, but yeah. So anyway, oh my, how about you? Um, I well, as always, you know, I try and find fan fiction of the specific game. So I wanted to find specifically Super Mario sixty four fan fiction. It was actually, I found Super Mario Rise of the Sky Warrior. Okay, no. Uh, The Mushroom Kingdom is in danger. Peach and the others have been trapped within the walls of the castle, and only one can save them. The legendary Sky Warrior. Will he and his many friends be able to make their way to stop the enemy, or will they, will they be unable to rescue the people of the kingdom? Based off of Super Mario sixty four. So, uh, good sign. The first chapter is called Chapter One Prologue. The whole point of a prologue is that it comes before chapter. One. <laughs> it's actually not the first chapter. Yeah. Um, it's extremely short, and it stars two people named Neil and Ryroon, Um, and then it ends with "Good luck, Mario." Uh, Mario's mentioned only at the end, the only chapter written. <laughs> well, well done, Mookie well, Brain. Well done. Yeah, yeah. A lot of potential with that Sky Warrior. <laughs> apparently not. I mean, mo- that's most fan fiction. Or now, no potential, just right out the gate. That's actually <laughs> usually how it is. Usually. Um, but I feel like there's room for Super Mario 64 fan fiction. Like, give me more paintings. Yeah, just give me more worlds. I mean, that's really my fan fiction is let's just come up with some other worlds. And like, I guess my fan fiction is give me the rest of the game that they were planning and didn't. Do. Yeah, there is one. Paint- there are certain paintings on um, the upper levels that you can't jump into. Um, they're, they kind of fake you out. And one of them is a painting of like a very simple like starry night. Yeah, And I always, as a kid, was like, that would have been a really cool level. I wonder if it was one that got cut. Yeah, there's another one. I think on the opposite side of the, the room, there's like a like a cloudy sky. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah. Or what you get, you got it. It's Wing Mario over the rainbow. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, what what next? What next? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> like what? What next? Shall we say thank you to our wonderful fans? Oh yeah, we should do that. Um, well, let's do it at the end. Um, what have you been doing lately? Oh okay. Um, what have I been doing? Um, continuing to watch American Horror Story: Delicate. 
um, which again, I find fine. Um, the writing is a little clunky. And what I meant by that last episode was it'll, it'll be the kind of writing where it's like, Hey, Sarah, I'm so glad that we're best friends and I'm your agent and we've known each other for seven years. And it's like, does anyone speak like that in real life? Just like lay out <laughs> in a Tommy Wiseau movie. Yeah. In a Tommy Wiseau movie. Yes. Um, but no one speaks like that and just kind of lays out relationships and plot points and things with dialogue in real life. Yeah. Um, so the, like the horror elements and kind of some things they're going for, I think are cool. But in terms of the writing, I don't think it's great. Um, and then also in terms of things that I don't think are great, um, two things. One, J.K. Rowling, because of her politics. Mm-hmm. But two, the game Hogwarts Legacy on Switch, which runs fine. Um, but I have a morbid curiosity and I wanted to see how such a big game would like do on the Switch. So I bought it. And the answer is, okay. <laughs> uh you couldn't pay me to buy that game no and i'm not going to good um but i will say that's where my magical paintings comment comes in uh there's a lot of magical paintings um and hogwarts is very rich in detail but boy does the game chug um because it's a switch and it's trying to um render all of hogwarts i bet yeah um what have you been up to uh been watching jujutsu kaisen season two it's been excellent um, I saw the Marvels, which I liked more than I thought I would. Um, I it was pretty fun and low stakes and a short movie. So yeah, it's bravo the, uh, to, sh- to Marvel for that. It's the shortest MCU movie, right? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that said, yeah, yeah. still not. I'm kind of checked out of the MCU for now. Um, been playing the Super Mario RPG remake. I love it. It's great. Um, very very nostalgic for me um it's it's just so much fun they did make the game easier i thought that would bother me it doesn't um maybe that's because i'm just i'm not for some games i'm not looking for difficulty if i'm replaying a game i don't mind it being easier depending on the game i guess like i wouldn't want dark souls to be easier but like a game like this i'm t- totally fine with it it's not like super easy but it's you know they reduced the amount of grinding needed or i guess they kind of made fighting a little bit faster it's like there are ways to like they change like attacking a little bit to like help you like kill other enemies faster and get through like the random or the, not random encounters but you get through encounters faster things like that um and Which, i've been like, playing in in an rpg that's like a godsend yeah. yeah yeah um one thing i don't remember if it was in the original game or not um i'm not like a mario rpg expert as even though i do love the game is when party members are not in your party, you they get experience points. That should be in every RPG ever. It's not. Yes. It's in this. I don't remember if it's in the original. Regardless, it's fantastic. I love that. Um, and then other than that, I've been um, really addicted to Dave the Diver. Uh, fantastic game. Uh, really just great art. Um, good music. It's very fun. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. I'd recommend everyone pick that up. I think it was only 20 bucks. It should be worth more, honestly. It's a big, it's like a, it's a lot of a game. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I've, I've been seeing you play it and I've heard nothing about good things. So it's on my very, very long list of games I will eventually get to. Yeah. Speaking of a long, long list, we have a long list of thank yous, right? I mean, I didn't put together a list, but I guess, you know, yeah, let's name all of our listeners. Um, That's what I was going to do. We were going to name each and every one of you, starting yeah. with you, Michael. Yeah, and you, Aaron, and me, and that's it. 
Yeah. Thank thanks thanks to the three of us. <laughs> also occasionally Jason. Thanks Jason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Jason. Um the Grinch. We should that we should thank the Grinch. We have to thank the Grinch. We have to yes. thank the Grinch. Um we have to thank um we're, I guess John Malkovich's lawyers and Ben Mendelsohn's lawyers. Yeah, we're for now not legally, bothering you. We're legally obligated to talk about how Ben Mendelsohn and John Malkovich are some of the greatest actors of our age. <laughs> oh. And I'm fine with it. <laughs> So thank you, gentlemen. Oh, thank you to, um, well, if this is episode 100, we want to give big meta thank yous. Thank you to um, uh, Tetsuya Nomura for existing and giving us Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that's thank true. For, for that. giving us Kingdom Hearts Corner. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but no, really, truly, though, thank you, everyone who has listened to us. We really appreciate it. Um, it we, you know, even though we don't do it for you, uh, we, <laughs> we, we appreciate it. Um, you listening uh and thank uh, i would say thank you most of all to you aaron for um this journey thank you thank you um i'm not gonna thank you but i will thank beth for creating you <laughs> you had to just bring up my mom again um let's see I, uh, we I, love I, beth here yeah i mean that's that is that's the my biggest thank yous uh or i guess really that, that those are my thank yous um i apologize to everyone who is annoyed that um and it might be nobody that we have episode titles um that won't line up with the fact this is our 100th episode this is episode 75 but it is our 100th episode yes yeah and you know what it's our podcast so we get to make the rules speaking of that uh how would you like to end this one you know it's episode 100 so i'm gonna do a very big bold thing i'm gonna pass the torch to you really yeah, I oh, I'd like I, you to give give us a good sign off. I'm not prepared for this. I think um, you can do it. OK, um, stay away from my wife, Dan Stevens. <laughs>